Welcome to American Hammers Radio. The Fresno Irons, um, and uh, we are happy to do the very first ever American Hammers Radio, and I am joined by the one and only Zach from the Maryland Hammers. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited for the new season, so it's only a matter of time now before we kick off on Friday. I, I couldn't agree more with you, Zach, and I think what the best part is, is how nice is it to be a West Ham fan and be hopeful at the beginning of the year? I feel very, um, very, very optimistic. The last two seasons, I just feel like every signing has been quality and we continue to move in a positive direction. Um, to me, it's weird. It's kind of like when the Cavs won the Stanley Cup in 2018, I had no idea what to do with my hands. I was like, what do I do? I'm not used to this. I'm always used to like a second round exit. And I'm like, what do I do now? Ah!" And so that was literally my whole thing. It's like, what do I do now? And it's great to have a plethora, uh, actually, excuse me, a smorgasbord of attacking options. It's not something that I don't think we're used to. I don't, can't remember the last time that we had this many attacking options available to us that we paid a bunch of money for. So... You're 100% correct. We, we've definitely put our money where our mouth is. And I think after that first inaugural season at the London Stadium and after the meltdown against Burnley, where yeah. the fans pretty much turned on the board, ever since that moment, whether you're a board hater or a board supporter, they've definitely put their money where their mouth is. Can they repair that damage? I don't know. But the, the point is, you're, you're 100% correct. They've bought quality signings. They've trimmed the fat. They've got rid of players that don't want to be there um, as much as some of us may have wanted them to stay. And the guys they're bringing in are guys that want to play for West Ham. And if they, and maybe if they don't truly want to stay there long term, they want to be there now. And that's what I think it's going to take. Well, and I think a lot of this has to do with, um, with getting Pellegrini to come in and be the manager. Because you could have hired any Joe Schmo. Um, off the street, but no, they went out and got somebody who's won the Premier League before and knows what he wants and is a well-known name in football. And so I think by doing that, it says to a lot of people, oh, hey, he's won the Premier League. He knows what he's doing. I like this guy. I want to, I want to come and play for West Ham. I mean, they could have eas- as easily gone out and gotten El Loco and Look what El Loco is doing in Leeds. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's doing fantastic in Leeds. I'm kind of disappointed they didn't get promoted. But um, him as a manager is very, very strict. It's almost like you're in the military. Like every day you know exactly what you're doing and, every, and everything's timed and everything is so like strict. Because I, re- I read about a lot about him just because he's so bizarre. Uh, you're 100% correct. Um I'm a, I'm a high school football coach, and the one thing that I know is the more planned out you are, um, the more success you have. And, you know, there's something to say about those coaches as meticulous, and they get down to that point where, you know, you look at a, a uh, itinerary that they may have printed out, and you see that they have six minutes listed for passing period time between this meeting and that. And the fact that they know it's six minutes – that tells you how close they pay attention to detail, and that's what Pellegrini does. Pellegrini pays attention to those little details, and that's why we've seen the vast improvement um, over the course of the season. Granted, we started with four straight losses last year because I think any new culture, it takes time uh, for that culture to set in, takes time for the players to buy in. But 
towards the end of the year, you can say whatever you want about West Ham United, but they were playing and they were playing incredibly well. And we saw the resurgence of Mark Noble the last three weeks that was uh, really fun to watch. And he scored a couple of beautiful goals for us. Before we get going any further, real quick, I want to give you this opportunity. Zach, tell us a little about yourself, um, how you became West Ham, and tell us a little bit about the uh, Maryland Hammers. So in the 2012, 2013, uh, so in 2012, um, there, was, there was the NHL lockout, and I'm a diehard Capitals fan, as, as I've said previously, pretty much. Um, and the, with there being no hockey, I needed something to put my time and energy and effort into. I was a senior in high school. And there's no way it was going to my schoolwork. I was done with that. But um, so soccer was the logical thing. Um, and I had on December, December 1st, I had the West Ham Chelsea match on when Chelsea, um, so Chelsea jumped out to a 1 0 lead. And then West Ham came from behind in the second half to a 3 1 lead and won it. And I was like, I like this team. This team's got grit. And that, that's really how I became a West Ham fan. So it's, Kind of unfortunate how we've not really progressed all too far from that game, but it's still been fun. We still had some great optimism. Like Payette coming over was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm currently I live outside of Washington D.C. on in the Maryland side. Um, although I've never been to a D.C. Irons event yet, um, that is on my on the list for me to do that this year. Um, I've been to the Maryland Hammers a couple of times. They're they're based um, in Fells Point in Baltimore, which is a great. If you've never been to Baltimore, Fells Point is one of the safest neighborhoods in Baltimore. Um, and there's a ton of bars, a ton of bars. If you like beer, you're going to have a good time. Well, did you just say it's one of the safest neighborhoods in Baltimore? Yes. Oh, they can't be there. This is, We're West Ham. We're blue collar. They got to get to something dirty and grimy and a little dangerous. No. West Ham lies. The, they, the city of Baltimore has put a ton of money into revitalizing and revamping it and getting away the druggies and the what comes after what comes with uh druggos because nobody wants that i i 100 understand i will say this we've had a couple of our members from fresno actually make it all the way out there to hang out with the dc irons and i will tell you right now that is a solid solid group love those guys out there i hopefully at some point zach you and i can chop it up at a match somewhere and uh, maybe you can make it out here to Fresno or I'll make it out there to Maryland. Um, but uh, that's a really interesting story and how you became West Ham because here's mine. Um, the very first game I ever watched, I can't tell you the year, but it was the year that West Ham got relegated. Right. West Ham had to beat um, Chelsea to stay up in the league and they lost 3-0. And I'll never forget DDA Drogba scored the third goal for Chelsea and he did some kind of celebration that really ticked off the West Ham fans, and Mark Noble ran over to him and shoved him. And I think <laughs> at that moment that when I was like, any guy that can take a beating 3-0 and is still going to sit there and have enough fight to push that guy and say, I don't care if you're beating us 3-0 or 19-0, you are not going to celebrate on our home field like that, um, really just sparked my my interest and my love, and I kind of fell in love with them. So the first year I rooted for West Ham United, they were actually relegated in the championship. And I'll never forget, that was a tough year. I had to get on um, these shady internet sites yeah. and put these illegal feeds to watch them play. And um, still to this day, that computer I used to use has not recovered from all the viruses that are yeah. out there. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, being a West Ham fan, I, I try to explain this to people all the time. And, I, you know, if, if you have any insight on it, that people always ask me, why are you West Ham? And, and, and I always try to tell them I'm kind of just a glutton for pain, you know, in, in Major League Baseball, root for the Texas Rangers. Right. We're glorious for blowing it. And the NFL, I'm a Kansas City Chief fan. You already know what happened to us last year. Trust me, it happens every year when you're a Chief fan. And, and West Ham United. But the one thing that West Ham fans have on any other team that I love is that they are 100% a family. And it is, if you're West Ham and somebody finds out you're West Ham, they wrap your arm around you, they buy you a pint. There's something about this club and the way that they treat their fans amongst themselves that just blows my mind. Now, you wouldn't know that looking at Twitter. <laughs> when, you're around, when you're around other people, it's really impressive um, how much of a brotherhood it is to be a part of this club. Yeah, so, I mean, I moderate um, a West Ham group on Facebook. Um, it's great because, like, amongst the admins, we all know that we're all family, and as long as we don't do anything stupid, then we're fine. Like, we don't go out of our way and, like, cause trouble. We all love each other. We all care for each other. We're all watching each other's backs. If some, something happens where so they just tag us, and we are in, in them defending our, our friends because we know and love these people because – we're all West Ham. We all have this common bond. So, I mean, it's great. It's something that I don't normally get and see. Like, Caps fans, sure, we have some of that, but it's a lot of it is just arguing about ice time and why Braun is not playing and why Burkowski got traded and things like that. And we should have we should have kept Niskin in, yada, yada, yada. And it's just a big, long shouting match and us pointing fingers at each other. It happens every year, except 2018. Yeah, it cracks me up how how bold everybody will be on Twitter, but you know when they get next to you, they're they're not really willing to uh, say anything to you. It always yeah. cracks me up every single time. Um, really quick side story: um, I was in Russia for the uh, 2018 World Cup, and I was um, over by Red Square. Um, they had it's a mall by the name of Goom Goom G U M um, in Moscow. And there was somebody walking towards me in a West Ham shirt. And I said, come on, you irons, and pointed at him. And he was like, yeah. We, uh, and so we talked for like five minutes. Turns out the guy wasn't even British. He was Australian. And it was just really funny to see. In the, in, in the middle of Moscow during the World Cup, you find a West Ham shirt. I mean, we're not the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of this, but it's funny just to pull, see it all the time. I, it's, it's, you know, I, I try to tell people West Ham chooses you. You don't choose West Ham. They find you. It kind of gets in your soul. It's like an infection, you know, and it's that infection that's, you know, uh, can't be cleaned out by normal antibiotics. It's, it's a, it's a massive, massive infection. It just takes over your whole soul and body. And then you just eventually give in and you start to bleed that clear and blue. West Ham United, contract it. <laughs> um, so here's the deal, Zach. The reason we are doing this in the very first inaugural show of American Hammers Radio, and we want to say thank you to American Hammers TV, uh, Tim and Lee, for everything they're doing for the community and providing this platform, and we're honored to be the first two to do this. We are here to give you our season preview. And uh, Zach and I have been working hard, kind of looking at what we think. Um, kind of give you a recap last year. West Ham United finished 10th, uh, 15 wins, uh, 7 draws, 16 losses. Um, they ended up with a total of 55 
points. No, excuse me, not 55 points. Looked at the wrong thing there. They ended with 52 points. So um, we're kind of looking at this, and we've made the signings of Fernals and um, Allaire, which are probably the two most prominent ones. Obviously, some guys are going to come in um, within the next couple of days. I know we just signed a young 18-year-old defender, but I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. Um, so really, when you're looking at it, um, I'm going to kind of open up the floor to you here, Zach. Yep. Fence 10th, 52 points, right behind Leicester City and Everton and Wolves. Um, and just above Watford, Crystal Palace, and Newcastle. What is your prediction for the 2019-2020 West Ham United season? So I honestly think I could I – well, I have a couple. Um, I see us finishing top 10. Um, I don't know where exactly in the top 10, but I, I think we're going to finish top 10, which would be great. And that just means more money, more games on – national television in the UK, more TV rights money, but it also increases like the amount of people who are casually turning, tuning in on a Saturday morning in the U S and like, and it's on NBCSN. And it's like, Oh, this is interesting. And if they win, like, Hey, I like this team. Um, and that's good for us as we grow in numbers here in the States. But I honestly think that we're built for a cup run. I don't know what cup, but I honestly see us making a deep cup run, and that's a good thing. Because we, we when was the last time we had a solid cup run? 2006? Yeah, 2006, I believe. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think we lost in the FA Cup final. Yep, to Liverpool. And Gerard. Uh. But that's something that I feel, because we're loaded up front. I feel that we have the best, if we can solve a defensive issue, I think offensively we can. Um, I think we can easily hammer out wins and grind out wins, and start putting balls in the back of the net, and that leads to a cup run, which would be great for everybody. Because I feel like West Ham is one of the few teams that puts some uh, something like the FA Cup ahead of like league matches. And I think. I I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I guess I'm going to kind of press you here. I know you said that a top 10 finish. I, I think, Zach, where I'm, where I'm questioning you is I want you to kind of tell me here, what about this West Ham side that we're about to put out gives you more, more hope of that top 10 finish than what we were able to provide last year um, as a team? Well, well, one, one thing's for sure is Declan Rice is maturing. He's another year older, and he's also playing for England, and he's seeing top international uh, sides. And so he's only going to grow and get quicker off the ball and be able to make moves quicker. And seeing action like that just grows you as a person and grows your abilities as a person. Um, if you look, for an example, Matthew Delvadova, uh, he went to St. Mary's. He, he's Australian. He represented Australia in the 2012 um, Olympics. And he said that that experience for him was the greatest experience ever because he had to be so much faster as a player facing some of the top nations in the world in games. And so I think that's going to help, going to happen with Rice as well. And he's just going to get better and better and better until somebody offers 100 million um, pounds for him. And at that point, we're just going to be going, what do we do? So, um, but also the Attacking options. Yarolenko's healthy. We have Hilaire. We actually have a legitimate striker in him. And so 
and Antonio hopefully won't have to play right back anymore. Um, but I just feel that even if our defense lapses, we have enough attacking threats to make op- make opposition teams tremble and make them have to go, crap, we're playing West Ham today. We have to go, we have to add a defender on the back to deal with what they, with what they have in front. So that's something that we haven't seen since Payet was here. And hopefully that it ends up working out in our favor. So if you had to put a spot on it, where do you think we will finish in the table this next season? If Obviously, you know, you're not putting any money down on it. You're just putting your West Ham fandom down on it. And I understand, but just kidding. But uh, where do you think we'll finish in the top 10? Um, if you think, are we 10th? Are we 9th? Where are we? Um, I could see, I think seven is a solid point place to be. Um, if we can stay healthy, I think that we're going to, and also with VAR coming in, I honestly think that we will, um, get nine extra points just because of VAR this season. That is, that is an incredible point. Um, I'm going to piggyback off a lot what you've said here, because I'm going to go into my season for preview here here's the thing i always have to remind myself and and i kind of i kind of look at it from a from the los angeles uh, not the los angeles groups philadelphia 76ers the trust the process <laughs> this is the second year of pellegrini we have known from the beginning he said it's a three-year process so inside this three-year process in year one he went out and he got us philippe anderson he also bought what I thought, and I don't know why anybody didn't say it, but I always felt the signing of the year last year was Balbuena. And the reason I thought it was Balbuena, because we paid $4 million for him, and he started pretty much every game, and he was a rock back there. And everybody wanted to get all excited about Diop, but I have to remind people all the time, Balbuena didn't make mistakes. Diop was the one that was making mistakes and goals were going in. Diop will end up being the better player, but I thought for the money and what the value we got, I thought it was Balbuena. Now, in no way, shape, or form am I saying that Balbuena is better than Diop. Was he a better sign? Was he a better player than Philippe Anderson? No, that's hogwash. Mm-hmm. But when you pay $40 million for Anderson and you pay $21 million uh, for Diop and you only pay four million for Balbuena and you got that production out of Balbuena. That's why I said that. Now that was what he brought to us this last year. Great signings also gave us Yarmolenko. Things happened. Yarmolenko wasn't able, we weren't really able to see him. So really when you think about it, Yarmolenko is a new signing for this year. This year he broke the transfer record again to sign Sebastian Allaire. I think Sebastian Allaire There's one issue I have with him. I think he is a phenomenal striker, and I don't know if this is going to haunt him or not, Zach. So chime in on this if you disagree with me, because here's the truth. All great strikers, all of them, they all have one key personality trait in common. They're all selfish. Sebastian Allaire does not seem selfish to me. I want that striker to be a little bit of a jerk. I want him to want the ball. I want him to throw it at the net as many times as he can. Allaire last year, I believe, had seven assists. So he is a very much a team player, which might end up working better because we do have some incredible attacking guys that are going to be playing behind him. But that's my only drawback on Allaire at the moment from what I'm looking at. 
I like him as a signing. I think, honestly, we got a better player than Maxi Gomez. I know why they were going after Maxi Gomez. There's familiarity with the way he plays. Um, he's got a bigger name profile. We all know La Liga, in most eyes, is considered a better league than the Bundesliga. Um, so I understand that. But Allaire, I think, is is going to be a guy that I think I honestly would have signed him regardless over Maxi Gomez. But again, my problem is, is he selfish enough to play up front? So looking at that, looking at the guys that we've brought in, you know, obviously Allaire and Fornals are two massive signings. Don't let that go underneath. And already you can hear the players talking about it, how Fornals is. This is what I think the season comes down to. And this is where I, I, I'm ready for some back and forth, Zach, if you disagree with me. Last year we finished 10th, 52 points, 15 wins, 7 draws, 16 losses. I don't think we're going to open the season with four straight losses. Yes, we have Man City no. one, and I understand that. But let's take a look at this. There are three teams to me that this hinges on, and we have to dominate these three teams. If we dominate these three teams, I'm telling you now, we're going to finish sixth. I'm telling you, it's happening. These are the three teams that we have to worry about, and it's in this order. Number one is Leicester City. Yep. Leicester City is a team we have to dominate. That means we got to get four points minimum from the two games we play for them. And when I say these are the teams we have to dominate, I'm expecting at least four points from both games that we play with them. Anything less than that is going to hurt that opportunity to finish sixth. So Leicester City is a team that we've kind of had an up and down roller coaster win, roller coaster with. But over the last two seasons, we've done very well against them. And so I'm not too worried about them, but they do have one dangerous player, James Madison, who scares me anytime he's on the ball. Hmm. The second team, and we lost both games to them last year and both games in ugly fashion, and we have to beat that as Wolves. We have to beat Wolves. Wolves is a team that I call me crazy, Zach, but I do not believe in them. I don't. I think that they caught lightning in a bottle. I think their manager is overrated. I think their team's overrated. Their uniforms are ugly. And I'm pretty sure that if you go to that city, everybody there is probably a cunt. Okay? I just don't like Wolves at all. I can't stand them. Um, I really think we need at least four points from both matches with them. And the third team that we have to dominate, and we've done this the past two years, dominating them is Everton. Yes, definitely. If we dominate Everton, Wolves, and Leicester, in my opinion, the worst we'll finish is seventh. But I think we can do sixth if we dominate those teams. Reason why is because I told you it's a three-year plan. So I don't see us getting anything from either city game. We might get a point from a liver for both Liverpool games. We're probably going to beat Chelsea once because we always beat Chelsea once. We'll get Tottenham once because we always get Tottenham once. We never play well against Arsenal, but we never really played bad. And then Manchester United, who the hell knows what they are going to be? Okay, so to, until I know what they are, um, I can't really predict that. So they're the wild card to me of those. But to me, if we finish sixth or seventh, that means the following season, 2021, that's when we slingshot to the top four. So if you're asking me, I see a sixth-place finish as long as we dominate Wolves, Everton, and Leicester City. I know I said a lot there, Zach, but what are your thoughts? So let me backtrack a little. Uh, Yermolenko last season, he played nine games for us and scored two goals and got two yellow cards. And include, I believe he got an assist on the, on the, um, in the Manchester United game that he got 
taken off on on September twenty first. Yeah. Um, and then about the about La Liga, I think La Liga is extremely overrated. Other than because you have Barcelona and you have Real Madrid, everybody else, like other than Atletico Madrid, every now and again, is terrible. No one really cares. The Bundesliga, any given day, you can have somebody go out and beat and make it competitive with Bayern Munich. Go out and actually beat Dortmund. And I see more parity in the Bundesliga than I do in La Liga. And don't even get me started on League One. Um, but to another team to add to that list is, believe it is, um, Bournemouth. For the past couple of years now, we've had very tight games with them. And it's always been a poor referee decision going one way or the other that's made games tied, given penalties when there shouldn't have been a penalty. And with the introduction of VAR this year, which is about damn time, VAR, I think, is going to take, is going to give us, at a minimum, four points. Um, at a bare minimum, because there, there have been times watching the game when they've gotten it wrong. And they, we should, we see the replay, like, they got that wrong, that should not be a penalty. Or that should be a yellow card, not a red. And if we can play Bournemouth well, I honestly think that that's another another step in the right direction. And But for the top teams, I mean, other than, of course, beating Chelsea and beating Tottenham once, I would like to see um, see at least, like, two points. If we can get two draws against a Man City, uh, Liverpool type of team, an Arsenal even, I would be thrilled. I, I, I agree. Um, I, here's a problem. The way Pellegrini's beaten this team... I don't think we're going to be strong enough at the back to stop those attacking forces. Because when you look at City, I mean, I mean pick your poison. Yeah. City, City, when City starters go down, they're bringing on a backup that costs $60 million. So, I mean, they're bringing in guys that are just far and away better. They have so much depth that it's, it, it's hard for me to see how we can stop them unless they're having an off day. Same problem with Liverpool. Liverpool's got so much they can throw at you. Chelsea, now Chelsea looks vulnerable if some guys are injured. They do. But if their top guys are up, it's going to be hard to beat. Um, when it comes to Tottenham, I think you throw all the talent out the door. That's a rivalry. I mean, get ready. We're going to mix it up with them. It doesn't matter how good they think they are. We'll come to play. So I'm not worried about Tottenham. And for some reason... I don't know what it is against Arsenal, but Arsenal never seems to have an on day against us, but we never really play that well against them. So that's where I think we find those draws. And Man United, who who knows how they're going to line up? Honestly, who knows? Spin the wheel. Every time, every game's a new option. Spin the wheel of Manchester United. Let's see how they do. Step on up. <laughs> Very true. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of this thing here, and I, I got a few questions I want to ask you, and obviously I'm going to chime in as well. Okay. What's the? What are you most excited about this season? What's the one thing you're most excited about? Well, other than the introduction of VAR, um, a healthy offensive core. You're gonna like because you have Yarmolenko, you have Chicharito, who knows how much time he's gonna get. Uh, you have Anthony Anderson, you have Hilaire. I honestly think that that is going to be exciting football, and I could see us putting up not on a regular basis, but once every like couple games. Putting up like um, five five goals, just easy, and it's not even like an extra time garbage extra time garbage goal. It's um, a legitimate goal scoring opportunity. They created a chance in like the seventy fifth minute or something like that. 
and scored a couple like that. So I honestly see us scoring, and we may even some of the newer sides like Norwich or Sheffield United. We may score. Well, actually, Sheffield United, that's going to be – is this the first time that we've played them since the whole um, Carlos Tevez disaster debacle? <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think that's correct. I, I can't recall us meeting them any cup cup game, so I think you're right. Because if that happen, um like when that happens there, I think it's going to be a very, very um, – like hard match and it's going to be very you're going to hear the fans get into it and it may end up being like pretty ugly so actually hang on hang on um the last time west ham had a head-to-head match with sheffield united was 2014 it was in a cup game yeah it was the efl cup it was the the it wasn't the um it was the round of 32 and Chip, Winston, we Reed scored an own goal, right? But you, we lost in penalties. And then, okay. yeah. um, so. I, got, yeah. I, I mean, I hear you. I, I think the thing that I'm most excited about, Zach, and I'm going to be honest, is the consistency that I think we're going to have. I, I think I think Pellegrini is building this team in his his eyes. I mean, he's you know, for lack of a better term, he is the god, and this is his creation, and we are watching what he's building right now, and it takes time, and he's figuring things out. But I, I'm excited for the consistency. I'm excited to have the consistent side go out, you know, and because I, I hated the Jekyll and Hyde under under Billich, and to some extent under the first half of the year with Pellegrini. But I'm excited because I think West Ham are fine. That culture it took three years, but I think Pellegrini actually has that culture changing. And it's exciting to see. Yeah, um, it's totally exciting to see. It makes football, it makes this game watchable for us. And it's not like, oh, great, West Ham's on at 10 in the morning. Drink. It's, oh, boy, West Ham's on at 10 in the morning. Yay. And you get up and start screaming on your couch when, when Holair makes an amazing goal. All right. Are you ready for the lightning round, Zach? Are you ready? Well, considering it just stopped raining here, yes. <laughs> okay. So I've got I've got four questions for you, and I, I want you to give me your answer and a quick, brief uh, reason why you think that, and then I'll follow you with mine. So my first one is this. Who do you think is going to be the signing of the year for West Ham United? Hilaire. I think we're going to see a lot of goals come in off of his head, off of set pieces. I don't know why. I think something has to do with his height. But I honestly see him being the, set, being the header man. Uh, I'm going to go with Pablo Fornals, and I'm going to tell you why. He's going to make us all forget about Pyatt, finally. <laughs> and I, I think he is that talented. He is that dangerous. He's that creative, and he's fearless. And that's why I love him. So I'm going to go with Pablo Fornals. Second question is this. Who do you think will be the leading scorer for West Ham United this season? Hilaire. I think he's going to... I think he's going to come in with like 16 or 18 or some somewhere in between there goals. And but I think he's also going to set up a set up a couple of them, or some of the shots are going to go in off a defender. It's going to rebound out to somebody, or it's going to hit the goalkeeper, hit the post, and somebody's going to be there to pounce on it. If there's a way to make Hilaire and Chicharito a tandem and to work together, I would be thrilled because if Chicharito's always the pouncer, he's always there for second chance opportunities. 
If he was a hockey player, he would he would be destined for the Hall of Fame. I'm going to go way out on a limb, and I'm going to say Lucas Fabianski. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go there. Um, I will say that I, I do think this, and I believe it because I think we're finally going to see it. I, I think – oh, man, this uh, – I'm going to go the leading scorer. I'm going to say is going to be Manuel Lanzini. I think Lanzini is going to benefit so much from a striker who is willing to give up the ball. Lanzini has always found himself in great areas to shoot. He can shoot from inside, outside the box. He's creative. And I think he's got the killer instinct, and I think he wants to prove something. I think there's a reason he won't sign that contract extension because I think he's betting on himself, and he knows he can make more money. And so I, I'm going with Lanzini. I, I think Lanzini might put 15 in the net, maybe a little more, but um, I, I, I'm going Lanzini. Um, my next question is this. Who is West Ham United's Hammer of the Year? Hmm. That's a tough one. Because if Fabianski is healthy um, and backs up, and backs up um, us to the season we have, he's definitely a contender. Um, Anderson, like, I just say it, everyone's a contender this year, which is feels weird to say. There's no one who's just like, oh, we're not going to have that – we're not going to be like, oh, yeah, they're immediately out. No, I honestly think anyone could win it this year, and the field's wide open. So I honestly have no idea how to answer that because it's going to be a wide open field. Well, I'm going to answer it for you. You know who it's going to be? No. Jackie Wilshire. <laughs> Jackie Wilshire. I'm telling you right now, Jack Wilshire will be Hammer of the Year. You want to know why? Why? He's, he's got something to prove. He's born and bred West Ham. Um, there's pictures of him as a little kid and, and wearing West Ham kits. His father is a West Ham supporter. It's going to mean everything in the world to that guy to go out and prove all the quote-unquote doubters wrong about him, that he's injury-prone. He's going to go out there. He's going to play his ass off. He is going to be our table setter. He is going to break up play in the midfield. He's going to start play in the midfield. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to have five massive goals this year. He might only score five or six. But Jack Wilshire, hands down, is going to be the hammer of the year. And and you know who's going to cry when he gets it? Yep. Mark Noble. Mark Noble's going to cry when he gets it. I, I'll always cry. When we win, I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> okay, la last thing, just to wrap us up here. Um, what? Give me one bold prediction for the season. And this can do with West Ham or it can do with another team. But give me one bold prediction for this Premier League season. I think we're going to be the only team celebrating VAR. Celebrating the fact that VAR is now in because there have been so many games, even go back to last season, there have been so many moments when the ref has got it wrong, goals have been called back when they shouldn't have been, goals were called against us that shouldn't have been, and we're screaming on Twitter into the void, and nobody listens to us because the Referees Association doesn't give a damn about Twitter, people. So I honestly think that we, as I said before, we're going to get nine points alone by VAR. I honestly see ourselves celebrating VAR, and we may be the only ones doing it. I think everybody else is going to be grumble, grumble, grumble. And if we saw anything during the past Women's World Cup, that's not how you use VAR at all. They messed that up so bad. I feel so bad for the Jamaican team. My bold prediction, and I, I couldn't agree with you more, but here is my bold prediction for the season. I'm calling it now. We are going to see the, the deadliest attacking force in the Premier League will be West Ham United. 
However, we might have the worst defense in the top half of the table. So I, I think West Ham is really going to wow some people this year. I, I'm, I'm predicting right now, my bold prediction is that don't be shocked if we lose game one, four, three to Man City. Don't be shocked if you see that. Um, I don't know if we can win it. Three could be a very real possibility in game one. You know, I think you do have a point because we have so many attacking options and we beat, we beat the bushes around. We beat the bushes around here to get some of these guys over. And I honestly, if we can stay healthy, we have a legitimate chance to win every game. Even the ones against Liverpool, the ones against Man City, the ones against those top teams. And who knows, we may even go on a run and end up in the top four. Or even if it's just a brief amount of time, we may end up in the top four. Shh, Zach, Zach, don't say it too loud. We don't want to piss off any of those other supporter groups. Okay, mm -hmm. let's just keep Not that on time. All right. Well, I want to say thank you, Zach, so much. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the American Hammers Radio. Uh, thanks to Tim and Lee from American Hammers TV for setting up this platform to allow us this opportunity. We look forward to hearing from all of you guys again. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Zach. Zach, give them your Twitter handle. So it's Wikipuff88, W-I-K-I-P-U-F-F-88, -F -F and that's for everything. So. And if you want to follow me, you can follow uh, on Facebook at Fresno Irons or on Twitter at Fresno Irons. Uh, once again, uh, make sure everybody makes it out. If you're on the West Coast like me, we got an early one at 4.30 a.m. If you're over on the East Coast like Zach, you get the you know, sleep in till the lovely hour of 7.30. I'm so jealous of you guys out there. <laughs> we can't even drink beers yet at 4.30, Zach, so we're going to be really annoyed. Well, you couldn't if this was Vegas. <laughs> Very true. Um, but thanks again. Once again, just to recap, Zach's season preview, he has West Ham United finishing seventh. Um, uh, Kyle from the Fresno Irons, I have them finishing in sixth place as long as we dominate Everton, Leicester, and Wolves. Once again, I want to say thank you. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, all the channels, and always come on, you Irons.